Revelation, the third chapter. This is the second uh, sermon on the, to the church at uh, the letter to the church at Philadelphia. Um, and as you know, we're revisiting some of these churches because, uh, or revisiting the seven churches of Revelation because of our trip to to the sites uh, in modern day Turkey and what we've learned and by doing that and further study so hoping to add to add to what we've said before and the plan is then to finish up the last few verses uh, of the book of Revelation itself we are in chapter 3 second part uh, I'll read the entire uh, letter to the church at Philadelphia and that begins in Verse 7. Now, this is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is dictating this letter to the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos, where John is imprisoned. Uh, And uh, it's a cave. It is thought to have been in a cave in the Isle of Patmos. In fact, uh, if you go on the internet, there's a very interesting site where you can do a 360 visual tour of the cave. It's, It's quite impressive Uh, and this is a dictation of the Lord and it is word for word Uh, it is unlike other parts of scripture where uh, the Lord used the person's uh, personality uh, that he had given him uh, experiences that he had given him uh, knowledge of language that he had given him and used him to write that book in this case uh, these letters are dictated as a, uh, like a, a person would dictate to, to a secretary and to take dictation. So they are word for word, uh, not that they are more scripture than, than the rest of scripture. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, it's just interesting that these are, this is dictated. Beginning in verse 7, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, so Jesus is telling John, write this down and send this to the minister of the church in Philadelphia who is to give it to the uh, members of the church and, of course, then to be given to us, as we know from the first chapter of Revelation. That is the purpose of it. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, He that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews, and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit 
saith unto the churches. Thus far the reading of God's word. If you'll recall, last time, I'll just uh, a brief survey of what we discussed. Uh, Philadelphia was a place where the, the regular, you know, the pantheon of pagan gods were worshipped. Zeus, Hestia, the goddess of hearth and home, um, the god of good fortune, of health, and other deities. Uh, particularly Dionysius or Bacchus was a major god. Uh, and we talked uh, a little bit about he, what it meant when uh, Jesus uh, called himself uh, he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no man shuts and no man opens. Uh, we know that he is true because he says elsewhere in John 14, I am the truth. Or he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, so there is no truth apart from Christ. And if you recall, we said that man's organized reason whether it's a philosophy or science, is not truth. It is organizing uh, uh, the, the creation uh, into making our lives better. Science, for example. It's putting uh, uh, agriculture, for example, or, or mining, for example. Uh, it's interesting. Everything comes out of the earth in some way or another. Everything we have comes out of the earth in some way or another. Um, and so we dig, uh, we did, we dig uh, bauxite out of the ground, and it is made into aluminum. And then we make spaceships out of aluminum, and we use mathematics to determine how we're going to, uh, where we're going to send that, and when. And we use uh, the ideas of uh, combustion, which comes from oil that we dig out of the ground and that it's made rocket fuel. And you just think of all the different things uh, that science does and puts all these ideas together, uh, whether it's to make a rocket to go to the moon, uh, whether it's to uh, invent some uh, medicine that will cure a disease, uh, whatever it might be, all of these things uh, are man's reason, God-given reason, organizing God-given elements for the purpose of hopefully making our lives better and not creating you know, things that will destroy our life. Uh, but that, of course, happens as well. So we talked about that, that, but it is not the truth. And we even quoted Albert Einstein as saying that uh, we know nothing about the universe at all. All of our knowledge is but the knowledge of school children. The real nature of things, that we shall never know never uh, and he who has the key of David the reference is to Isaiah 22 the key of the house of David I will lay upon his shoulder and Christ is the key to the church uh, the only one who can grant access to God the Father the only one who can open the door of heaven uh, and uh, he opens uh, we talked about how the various ways you can interpret that he opens the door to the hearts of his elect he opens the door to heaven. Um, he, uh, uh, no man can resist him when he opens the door to your heart. Uh, and uh, we, we just read in, in uh, uh, Gospel of John a very similar verse uh, that, that uh, he, uh, the Lord said he'll send the comforter to attest to the truth of Christ uh, in, in your heart. 
and uh, that's what he does. That's why when people say, why are you a Christian? The ultimate answer is because the uh, uh, Holy Spirit testifies in my heart that this is true. And uh, you can't talk somebody into being a Christian. Uh, you have to pray. You, you reason with them, of course, and talk to them. But you give them uh, primarily give them scripture uh, and pray that the Holy Spirit will open their, open their eyes. You answer their questions, of course. Uh, but the, uh, ultimately, uh, it is uh, the, the sword of the Spirit, Scripture, and prayer that the Lord would use that sword, the Scripture, to open, open their hearts and, make, and bring them into the kingdom. That's, that's true witnessing. It's not arguing with them about philosophy or archaeology or things like that. You can answer their questions. You can give them evidences like that. Uh, but that's not going to convince anybody. I remember Greg Bonson saying, uh, trying to convince a unbeliever by arguments about philo- about philosophy and about archaeology and various, you know, what we call evidences. Uh, he said it's, it's like throwing a baseball to somebody and they just bat the ball away and say, "What else you got? What else you got?" Uh, and uh, it's no matter what you say. I mean, if if. Uh, uh, if, if a, um, as, as it says in Scripture, if a man uh, with, the, with the story of, of uh, the rich man and Lazarus, uh, and uh, the rich man is in heaven, and Lazarus, uh, who was a, uh, uh, excuse me, Lazarus is in heaven, and the rich man uh, is in is in hell, and he says, "Well, send somebody back from the dead to testify to my brothers that that uh, what is what is the truth." And it says, "Even the Lord says, even if." A man were to come back from the dead, they would not believe it. So if we could, if we could make somebody, you know, or chose somebody risen from the dead, which we do with Jesus Christ, but physically, you know, somebody who died last week uh, rises from the dead and testifies that everything in the Bible is true, and, and I was risen from the dead. Scientists would say, "Oh, we have to study this so we can reproduce it." There's something going on, some scientific thing going on that we we need to, to research. They wouldn't believe. They wouldn't believe. And he shuts the door. He shuts the doors to the hearts of those who will not believe. Uh, he leaves obstinate sinners shut up in the hardness of their hearts. He shuts the door of the church against his enemies so that the church does not allow uh, enemies of the gospel to come in and, and disrupt the church. Um, so he can open and none can shut. He can shut and none can open. And we talked, we finished up with what comfort it is to us to the children of God, that Christ controls everything. He controls the motion of every little atomic particle. Colossians 1.16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He, he controls history. He controls every event that ever happens, large or small, has preordained the outcome. He said in Isaiah 46, I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done. And what a, what a great thing that is. How, how can we be... How can we be depressed and, and, and go through life fearing things that happen, that we read about, hear about in the world, or ever happen in our own lives? When we, if we do, that's unbelief. 
That's denying what God is saying, that I preordain everything, uh, that I do everything, uh, I declare the end from the beginning, uh, there's the, uh, that everything, and then we know from Scripture also that everything is preordained and done for the good of his people. He says that I do everything that I do, whether it's in your personal life or whether it's in whatever happens in the world, for the good of us, for our good. Now, do we always see it? You know, some terrible things happen in our lives, and is that for our good? Yes, it is. It is for our good. We don't see it because we don't see the big picture. It hurts. Sure, it hurts. But, uh, it's, we have to trust the Lord that, that, because that's what he says. Okay. Beginning in Revelation 3, that's a summary of what we talked about last time. Beginning in Revelation chapter 3, verse 8. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. You have just a little strength. As we've done part A last time, the door. You have just a little strength. And he praises that. Now often we think, well, a little strength, that's not much, is it? But he praises that. You have a little strength. But it takes a little strength to be faithful because it comes from the Lord and gain the Lord's praise. It is Christ's character and his tender heart that comes out so strongly when we read this. I mean, see how patient and considerate and gentle and tender he is. How affectionate he is toward these people and us who he could have rightly blamed and condemned. They were sinners, just like we are, living in a very pagan society, no doubt great sinners. And yet he says, you have a little strength. The meekness and gentleness of Christ When Christ said, I am meek and lowly in heart, as we read uh, earlier uh, in in our uh, um, scripture memory verse, in fact, uh, this morning, from Hebrews 4, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but it was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He knows what we're going through, and he's compassionate and tender. Charles Spurgeon said about this, the Old Testament said he would be a hiding place from the wind, rivers of water in a dry place, the shadow of a great rock in a weary land, that he would feed his flock like a shepherd to gather the lambs with him, to carry them in his bosom, to lead gently those that were with young. And he's quoting from Isaiah 32 and 40. He was to open the blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from the prison and those who sit in darkness out of the prison house to bring the blind by a way that they knew not, Isaiah 42. 
He was to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives, Isaiah 46. He was to be afflicted in all the affliction of his people, in his love and pity to redeem them, to bear them and carry them, that's Isaiah 63, and finally Isaiah 66. He was to comfort them as one whom his mother comforts. Lord, the, the, the symbolism is the Lord as our mother as well. Because in the in the way that a mother comforts her children. Now, how did he unfold this tenderness and when he was on earth? Remember when he shed tears over Jerusalem and Jerusalem's sin? When he dealt with a woman who was to be stoned for adultery? When he, wept at the tomb of Lazarus in his being moved with compassion for the multitudes that were coming to him for healing how he treated children both infants and, and older children laying his hands on them taking them up in his arms saying of such is the kingdom of heaven so the gospels are like four paintings, four portraits of the same person, but different. You can have four paintings of the same person and they might look very different, right? Because the artist is emphasizing and showing different aspects of that person. That's what the Gospels are like, but they all bring out the same tender love. And he shows it in heaven as well as on earth. It breathes through these seven letters, the kindness, the patience, and gracious meekness. So there there was something wrong in the church at Philadelphia, but he touches on it very slightly, very tenderly. He says, you have little strength, therefore you need an open door. You have no power to fight or struggle, so you need an open door. You can't open the door yourself. You can't even... Push on it to get it open. You need it opened for you. So he pities our feebleness because we were without strength. He comes in to help us. The less strength we have, the more pity he has for us and the more help he will give us. He perfects. His strength is perfected in our weakness. And he says, yet you have kept my word. In spite of your weakness, in spite of your feebleness, this church held fast God's word. Now, how important this is to him. To keep his word, how God honors it, and those who keep it, even in their utter feebleness. Keep my word however feeble you are, is what he's saying. Don't let it go. His word, his truth. The gospel, these are to be kept. And you've not denied my name. He didn't say you've confessed my name, but you have not denied it. He accepts the very least. I mean, that's about as as little as you can say of of the weakest Christian. Uh, Well, at least you haven't denied Christ. Maybe you haven't confessed him openly but you haven't denied him. That's a, it's about the pious compliment you can give a real weak Christian. You know. But he accepts that. 
how gracious and pitiful. And that should be an encouragement to us, us who are afraid to witness, us who are afraid to to speak out for Christ, fearing that, well, our friends won't like us anymore. Christ will not condemn you for that, but he wants more. But he won't reject you for it, as long as you're still a believer. So he pities, he loves us, he helps us. And he sees us overwhelmed. He pities us most tenderly and steps in to help. He opens the door. He keeps it open. He cheers us with words of love. He comforts us in our tribulation, supplies us with heavenly grace in our day of need. Please turn to John, the 14th chapter. A brief sermon because I don't want to distract from, go on and distract from the, the message of Christ's compassion here. And I want that to be the focus of what we take away today. And I think of no better way to end it than, than with Scripture itself. John 14, if you would look, read along with me as I uh, read it aloud, beginning in verse uh, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether, whither I go, ye know and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how saith thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. 
even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you I will not leave you comfortless I will come to you yet a little while and the world seeth me no more but ye see me because I live ye shall live also at that day ye shall know that I am in my father and ye in me and I in you he that hath kept my commandments and keepeth them he it is that loveth me and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him Judas said unto him not Iscariot Lord how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world Jesus answered and said unto him if a man love me he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings and the word which he hear is not mine but the father's which sent me these things have i spoken unto you being yet present with you but the comforter which is the holy ghost whom the father will send in my name he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever i have said unto you peace i leave with you my peace i give unto you not as the world giveth give i unto you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid you have heard how i said unto you i go away and come again unto you if you love me you would rejoice because i said i go unto the father for my father is greater greater than i And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it is come to pass you might believe hereafter I will not talk much with you for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me but that the world may know that I love the father and as the father gave me commandment even so I do arise let us go hence Look again at verse 27 Peace I leave with you my peace I give unto you not as the world giveth give I unto you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid let's go to him in prayer father what we pray these words back to thee father make it so in our hearts lord that that we would not be troubled we would not be afraid that we would know of thy great love toward us father more and more increase our love for thee father Father, we do believe, but help thou our unbelief. Father, we we so desire the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the peace which passes understanding. Father, increase it in us. Thou hast given it to us, but so often we let the cares of the world drive it away temporarily. Father, increase that peace in us, Father. That assurance of Father that we are loved by thee that we are thy children